You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. I have the grace for this next level. He says, so despite what's going on, you're going to have the right attitude. By pureness, by knowledge, I'm in verse 6 now. By pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by, by love unfeigned, without hypocrisy, really sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the arm of righteousness. You're going to have the arm on the right hand, on the left. By honor and, no, I said, by honor and dishonor, you're still going to be the same. By evil report or good report, you're still going to be able to be okay. As deceivers... And yet true. He said, folk are going to accuse you of lying, but you're still going to be true. As unknown and yet well-known. I love that part. As unknown and yet I'm well-known. See, a lot of y'all, you can't deal with that. Because you think because everybody don't know you, you unknown. God said, when God's grace is on you, nobody knows you except the people that God need to know you. Are y'all hearing me here? Are you, uh, I'm unknown. And yet I'm well known. Just because you don't know me, it don't mean that nobody knows me. And I don't need everybody to know me. I just need the people that God needs to know me to know me. I don't need favor with every man. I just need favor with the men and the women that God's called to help me. I'm unknown and yet I'm well known. See, you got to understand that. G the Bible said G God, Jesus increased with favor with God and man. Everybody didn't know who Jesus was. Despite, despite, now, well, I thought, surely everybody, no. That's why he needed somebody to betray him. Judas said, I will show you who he is. And when it came to the garden, they didn't know which one it was. Judas said, the one that I kiss, that's going to be him. Jesus was unknown and yet well known. Are y'all listening to me? He was well known enough that 5,000 folks, not counting women and children, would just wait for him to preach. You don't need everybody to know you. Everybody don't have to know your name, but the right people going to know your name. The people that God will use you. Are y'all listening to me? Everybody didn't know who Mephibosheth was, but Ziba knew who he was. He just needed one person, and David didn't even know who he was. But God had a man named Ziba. When David says, is there anybody I can bless? He said, yeah, I, knew, I know somebody. There's this guy named Mephibosheth, and he's down in Lodabar, and, and he would be the king's grandson. But, but you know, he got in Anyway, sin for him. David didn't know who he was. He was unknown and yet well-known. You need to be okay with that. I'm telling you, because a lot of people are chasing fame today. Can I tell you, sometimes it's better to be quietly rich. Sometimes it's better to be a quiet millionaire. Everybody don't have to know your business. Everybody don't have to know where you live, or how, and you don't have to put anything on Instagram. See, oh, come on now. Come on. When you are secure, you don't have to put anything on Instagram. Okay? It, when I, when, when they, whenever I see somebody put, put filet mignon on Instagram, I'm like, this is your first time having filet mignon. This is your first time having filet mignon that you got to let everybody know now you eating filet mignon. But when you get used to what you're used to, you don't have to show everybody. Now, I'm telling you as somebody who's grown. 
I'm telling you somebody who had a little something, something for a minute, a little bit. When I first got it, I want everybody to say I had it. I talked about it. I told everything. Okay, now I give, you a, I give you a headlines and I don't give you fine print. Because you just got to get comfortable being blessed. Oh, that's what's... You got to get comfortable. It, it's not a big thing. When I, it's a, when I say it's a big thing, it's not a big thing. It's, it's, it's a big thing to other people. But you know this is how kingdom people live. I'm used to God providing for me. I'm used to wealth and riches being in my house. I'm used to God giving me favor with people. And I came in with nothing and left with several thousand dollars. Because God put somebody on my mind and, some, and me on somebody else's mind. And, and God just arranged things on my behalf. And I, I know I don't look like I'm supposed to have that because I'm undercover blessed. I'm below the radar blessed, but I'm still blessed. Hey, glory to God. I hope he don't mind me saying Ron Carpenter, Pastor Ron Carpenter, the first time he came and preached down here. We hadn't we had known of each other, and I invited him to preach. Y'all remember he came and preached. Hey! We got it on film. He came and he preached. Say, all right, don't don't do that to me now. First time he came down here to preach. Came up, he came in my parking lot. And he came off. He said, I'm glad to meet somebody else in our state who's blessed. His, his name was, he said, I'm, I said, I'm glad to see somebody else. What, and he started talking about the persecution he was going through in the upstate. I said, it's the same persecution down here in the low state. Okay. But he said, I'm glad to see somebody else blessed. You don't know everybody. That's why the Bible said, be careful how you entertain strangers. Because sometimes you, you entertain the angels unaware. Be careful who you're neglecting. Be careful who you're despising. The one you despise might be the one to bless you. As unknown and yet well known. As dying and yet we live. As chastened, meaning persecuted. And I'm still not killed. Somebody say, you can't kill me. You can't kill me. As chastened, going through, and yet you can't kill me. As sorrowful, and yet I'm always rejoicing. As poor, and yet I'm still able to make other people rich. I'm still able to keep on giving. All this is because of God's grace on us. Oh, my God. As having nothing, and yet possessing all things. And what Paul is doing in these scriptures, verse, verse 6 through 10 here, he's contrasting the natural circumstances from the spiritual reality. Grace enables you to tap into the spiritual reality despite the natural circumstance. In the natural circumstances say I don't have, the spiritual reality is I have everything I need. The natural circumstances, it looks like I'm poor. The spiritual reality is I'm rich because Jesus became poor that I, through his poverty, might be made rich. Like he tells the church, I believe it's Smyrna in, in Revelations, he says, second chapter, he says, I know your works, I know your poverty, I, I, I know you think you have nothing, but you are rich. He's distinguishing the facts from the truth. The facts is what can be in a test tube. The facts are what shows up on the test. The truth is what God says. And watch this. Catch this. Catch, catch, catch what I'm about to say to you now. 
Facts don't change truth. But the truth can change the facts. Facts don't change truth. But truth can change the facts. Honey, you were, you were talking to someone else. After service, Mother Riddle came up to me. She said, I just want to tell you again, in case you forgot, how God healed me of this cyst on the back of my leg. She said, I came up to you a couple weeks ago limping. She said, I asked you to lay hands on me. And you prayed for me. And while, when you prayed for me, Pastor Marcia with me. Pastor Marcia got down and grabbed the back of our legs. Because, you know, preachers get in trouble. We start grabbing the male preacher, see, that's why it's good to have a cold with you. See, male preacher, we get in trouble, you start grabbing back women's legs and thighs and stuff. So I didn't do that. I put my hands up on her shoulder or head and let the female preacher grab the back of her thigh. Preachers, that's good news. Somebody need to learn that. You can keep your church. <laughs> stop, everybody, stop it. Pastor Marshall laid her hands and, and she felt the sis. She said, felt, and she laid hands on her, and we prayed and rebuked that sis. She went out, came back. She said, I just wanted to tell you. I wanted to tell you. I went out here. She said, I came up there. I came up there limping because it hurting. And she said, I went back. said, now, why are you still living? It ain't hurting no more. She said, so I started walking normal. She said, then I went to reach for it and was gone. Watch this. She said, I went to Dr. Daniels, and he sent me. To have, the, have it imaged because he said there's something there. When they went and had the image in the MRI, whatever the imaging was she went through, she said, there's nothing there. She said, I know it was there. It was there before, but, but after you prayed for me, I got healed. Can I tell you that God is still a healer? Watch this. So, so the fact was it was there, but the truth was she was healed. The fact was she had a, she had a cyst. But the truth is that she was healed. Oh, you, you got to get to the place in 2022 that you embrace the truth over the fact. Because the facts don't change the truth, but the truth can change the facts. Jesus says in, in John, the 17th chapter, he says, he's praying what I call the real Lord's prayer. He says, when he's praying to God in Gethsemane before he's, before he's taken to be crucified. He says, Father, sanctify them through thy truth. And he says, thy word is truth. What's truth? The word. Your circumstances are the facts. It's not the truth. And we as Christian people who believe the word of God, exalt the word over, over exalt the word as truth over facts. That doesn't deny the facts. The facts are the fact jack. That's the fact jack. That's from a movie too. Okay. But the truth is what God says. So as we move forward in 2022, we are building with grace. Say it again. Say, we are building with grace. Those of you at the campuses, well, why we need to be concerned about, because this is not just about our church, it's about your life, as I said. But here's the other thing. When our, each of our churches are running over 100 people and we have conferences, all of us got to be able to get together in here. Are you hearing me? And this is what caused the overflow there. If Columbia had, was not, had already grown to a certain status, we would, there would be no campuses. We did this to spread our wings further, to bless more people. That's, so then we go to Orangeburg, and then we go to Florence, and now we go to Fort Mill. 
And as God speaks and directs and the time is right, it'll be, it may even be others in the future. But if this is not solidified, if we don't have what we need here, we can't do that. It would be, the Bible says if you don't provide for your own, you're worse than an infidel. It'll, 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 be like, it'll be like trying to take care of all the children in Africa and your children are starving. After you, after you feed your children, now we can spread our wings and do more for other people. So as we move forward in 2022, we're building with grace. 2 Corinthians 6 and 1, it says we are workers together with God, which simply means God does the heavy lifting because he's the stronger one in this partnership. But we're working together with him. We're working together with him. He is the heavy lifter. Glory to God. He's El Shaddai. He's the mighty God. And you get to help him. <clears throat> you get to work with him. There's certain people you would love to say. I mean, they, watch this. For someone, to, um, the truth of the matter is, anybody who worked for the federal government when President Obama was president, worked for the Obama administration. You didn't catch that. It, you could have been a security guard downtown at the Social Security office on Assembly Street. But if you were a federal employee under the Obama administration, what, when Obama, you worked for the Obama administration. Now, it real, looks real good to say I work for the Obama administration. But that don't mean you were Secretary of State. We all work for the administration. You need to take the light in you are a worker together with God. You're working in the God administration. Come on, put your, stick your chest out. I'm a worker with God. I'm a laborer with God. You need to be proud to say that I am a co-laborer together with God. But he does the heavy lifting and lets us use his name. He lets us use his name, and he does the heavy lifting. So look at this, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 and 10. This is what Paul says. Paul says we are, using the same concept, workers together, what some translation says, co-laborers, or what 1 Corinthians here, 3, 9 says, for we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, which means God's farm or God's, God's garden, and you are God's building. He said, we're working together with God, but he does the building and the growing. Now look what he says in verse 10. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another built thereon, but let every man take heed how he builds thereon. Now, this is what the Lord showed me, verse 10, in the first service. 1 Corinthians 3rd chapter, verse 10, according to the grace which God has given unto me as the master builder, as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation. So a lot of, most of the time when we read this, and I really believe here, we're getting mixed up by the comma, the comma says given unto me as the master builder. People talk about Paul being the master builder. And I'm telling you, Paul said, I just laid the foundation, but he came up with the master plan. He's the master builder. I laid, watch it, I laid the foundation according to his plans. All I'm doing is what he told me to do. Moses, not Moses, Noah had never built an ark before. 
There was no such thing as an ark before Noah built the ark. And God gave him a plan. He told him how wide to make it. He gave him the dimensions of it down to every, every, every uh, uh, meter. He told him how to make it. He said where to put the window. He said how wide to make the doors, how, how to pitch it, how high. He even told him what to paint it with, what to glue it together with. God is a master builder. And we would, come on, and one of the things that we're doing when we're praying in the Holy Ghost, we're downloading his designs and his plans into our spirit so we can know what we need to do because he is a wise master builder. Stop trying to do this stuff on your own. Stop trying to build your life on your own. Build your ministry on your own. Build your business on your own. Build your family on your own. Build your marriage on your own. Go to the master builder, the master designer. He already knows what to do. The greatest thing you can have in this season is an ear to discern what God is speaking and what he's saying to you. According to the grace of God. He's a wise master builder. I've laid the foundation. He says, so everybody else, take heed how you build because I did it according to how God told me to do it. If you try to do it any other way, it's not going to work. I know you're smart, but it ain't built on your smarts. I know you're intelligent, but it's not built on your intelligence. I know you're ingenious, but it's not built on your ingenuity. I know you're talented, but it's not built on your talent. Can I tell you, talented people got to really be careful. Really, because, see, because talented people, they get deceived. Talented people, they get deceived. You think that your talent is enough. Think your talent is enough. And you want to come against things, you realize my talent is enough. Sometimes good-looking people like me get deceived. Because there's certain things. <laughs> see, that's, he's trying to mess with me now. There's certain things your looks have nothing to do with it. You need God. You need God's plan. You need God's design. You need to go to the master builder. So we need to understand as we move forward. I'm just about to finish here. God is the general contractor and we are his subs. He's the general contractor. We are. So a sub, the general contractor, even when we build it, is responsible for the entire building, the outcome of everything. The sub puts in just the lights, just the projector, just the, just the uh, sprinkler system. The sub puts in just the carpet. The sub is the, con is, the, is the one who does just the carpentry. So there's a part we have to do, but God said at the end of the day, this whole thing is mine. All I need you to do is your part. Just operate like a good subcontractor. Just do your part. If your part's to give, operate like a good sub. If your part is to pray, operate like a good subcontractor. If, 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 if your part is to show up, operate like a good subcontractor. Whatever you, you can't do everything. He is the general. We are his subs, but we are building and working with his grace. Everybody say his grace. Let me end with this, Exodus 36. Exodus 36, God tells Moses to build a tabernacle some translations call it a tent but it was a humongous tent and it was a tent it was a tent that had that was splendid 
They had gold and silver and, and things laid out according to God's plan, which is why God told the children of Israel, he said, when you're leaving Egypt, get the gold and the jewelry and the diamonds, and whatever you can get from them. He said, put it on your children. Get, get, the, get the textiles. That's the word I'm looking for. The textiles, the materials, and the fabric, because you're going to need all that. They didn't know why they were going to need it. And later he calls for them. He says in Exodus 35, he says, tell the people to come together, and I want you to build a tent, a tabernacle, where I'm going to dwell, where you're going to come in and make sacrifices to me. Exodus 36, he said, and then wrought Bezalel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man. Wise-hearted man, it means those who had God-given wisdom to do this. In whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary. Can I tell you, the, the company that we are dealing with to gonna build our new sanctuary, they're called Edifice Builders or edifice church builders. They are quite proficient in building churches, particularly large churches of the magnitude of our, our size and even greater. They're the, ones, they're the same ones who built our, our kids' town and our family life center. So this is our, our third project with them. They are, they are uh, experts in building church sanctuary. Can I tell you that Bezalel and Aholiad, they had never built a sanctuary before. God's going to grace you in this season to do something you've never done before. Don't think because of something you've never done before that you can't do it, because you're going to, but you're going to build it with grace. And when God's grace is upon you, you can do what you didn't know how to do. Thank God for all our education. Y'all know I'm a big advocate of education. Thank God I paid a whole lot of money for my children to be well-educated, private school and public school, on a, on a, on a, on both in elementary school and high school and, and, and uh, secondary education, post-secondary education, and all that. I got three black young men who got, all got master's degrees. That's the testimony by itself. Okay? So I'm an advocate. I'm an advocate of, of education, and that's wonderful. But there are some things that God calls you to do that you didn't go to school for. And even though you went to school, you didn't go to school for that. <laughs> are y'all hearing me? God will put you in position. I got a degree, but not in this. <laughs> I took some classes, but not in this. Pastor Dolly, he used to talk, but you, you can go to seminary. He said, but they don't have, school, they don't have classes in Negroology. That ain't my words. That's Pastor Dollar. He said, when you pass the black people, you need a degree in Negroology. Have y'all seen, even, even, even if you, you can have black studies, it still ain't Negroology. That comes from the Lord. You need revelation to deal with the, 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 the Hebrews and the Hebrews. He said, look at this. He said, so God stirred their hearts. Everybody, God put wisdom. To come to do the work. And they received the Moses all the offering. Some people's part was they weren't going to do the work. They couldn't hammer. They couldn't nail. They couldn't chisel. They couldn't mold. They couldn't be an ironsmith or blacksmith or any other kind of smith. All they could do was give. And so some people, their part in the partnership was just to give. And they received the Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it with all. And they brought it. Unto him free offering without a campaign. Every day, every offering. They were bringing in every day, bringing free offering. Everybody, free, everybody say free offering. That means it, they didn't have to convince them. They had a willing heart to do it. Free offerings every morning. And all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary, they came from his, from his work, which they made. They took from their own job to work on the house of God. Verse 5, and they spake 
unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which, which the Lord commanded to make. The people bring enough money, but we also, watch this, I always saw it just as money. We don't just only have the money we need, we got all the material we need. We got all the human resources. Nobody else needs to take off from the job. We got enough workers. Oh, come on now. He's saying because God put his grace upon them to get this done, they had everything they needed. They had all the financial resources, all the material resources, and all the human resources. Say this, I will have what I need when I need it because I'm building my life with grace. Whoo, glory to God. And they had to be restrained from giving. See, he said, let no man make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, here we go, because El Shaddai showed up. If you operate, oh my God, if you operate in his grace, he gives you more grace. When you operate in the grace you have, there's more. Because he says, my, my grace is sufficient. It never runs out. You'll always have what you need. It's more than enough. For the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much. Can I tell you that when we do it with grace and not try to do things with our own resources, we'll always have what we need. More than enough is going to show up. I'm prophesying over your life in 2022. You're going to build with grace. You're going to work with grace. You're going to work that business with grace. You're going to start that business with grace. You're going to transition that business with grace. You're going to operate as a husband with grace. You're going to operate as a wife with grace. You're going to operate as a father with grace. You're going to operate as a mother with grace. You're going to operate as a ministry leader with grace. You're going to operate in your profession with grace. God is going to grace you to do everything you need to do. There will be no strength. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations. If you are in our area, come join us at one of our three locations. In Columbia, South Carolina, Sunday morning worship is at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Wednesday Bible study is at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study is at 12 noon. Our worship center is located at 3506 Broad River Road in Columbia. In Orangeburg, South Carolina, join us with campus pastors Trey and Katie Brave for Sunday morning worship at 10.30 a.m. and Tuesday evening Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located at 990 Willington Drive in Orangeburg. In Florence, South Carolina, join us with campus pastors Dwayne and Denise White for Sunday morning worship at 10.30 a.m. and Tuesday evening Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located at 1507 King Avenue in Florence. 
please email your testimonies to praise report at rightdirection.info or letters can be mailed to P.O. Box 21672, Columbia, South Carolina 29221. Please consider partnering with us or send a one-time financial gift. For more information, visit our website at rightdirection.info 